Hello and welcome. You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at SOH. Dot church download our mobile app there's a great online community that you can be a part of there is a free digital bible on there and all of our teachings and anywhere where you are getting your podcasts please like share subscribe turn on your notifications we started matthew chapter 10 yesterday and in matthew 10 <clears throat> we see jesus go to the disciples and say, hey, you know, everything that you've been watching me do over the course of the uh, last, uh, you know, whether it's weeks or whether it's months, uh, we don't exactly know. But everything that you see me doing, I now impart into you to go out and do these things. Again, the old covenant that was just with Israel was transactional right? You would go to the temple, you would bring your sacrifice and it would be a transaction. You would sacrifice, your sins would be forgiven temporarily. You go off, you do life, you get all dirty again, you come back and, and kind of uh, lather, rinse, repeat. Uh, things are changing and not everybody in the region is happy about it. Now, Jesus, who has all of this authority, is not only teaching about the kingdom of God that is at hand. He is exhibiting the miraculous power of heaven, right? To bring heaven to earth. People are getting healed. The dead are being raised. People's hearts and minds are opening up when they're starting to realize that, hey, maybe we didn't see God so clearly. And now we see the transition to the disciples of Jesus going out and doing the things that Jesus did. And essentially that is what a Christian should be is someone who exhibits the qualities, the characteristics and the actions of Jesus. Jesus was fully God in the flesh and he was fully man. And it's such an awesome way that God had allowed us to get to know him is because not only did he show his true heart and nature through, uh, you know, a vessel that had all of the same emotions that we have, but Jesus, again, being a perfect example of what we can strive for. So as we started Matthew chapter 10 yesterday, we see Jesus telling the 12 disciples to go out into the region. He basically says, don't go among the Gentiles or any town of the Samaritans. Go to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message, right? The kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom is here. It's close to you. It's in your midst. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So why, again, does he say go to Israel first? Okay, well, there is co- are covenantal reasons. In that first century, there was only about 40 years until uh, all those who were in Israel would come under a, a huge full-scale attack from Rome. And in 70 AD, the temple was actually destroyed. Uh, and it 
annihilated. It was one of the most horrific uh, instances uh, in our entire history of our world. When you go and you study what happened at the fall of the temple in Jerusalem, it was it was uh, awful. I mean, I know I will get into it. Um, The parents were eating their children because they would rather kill their children than have them starve to death. It was just it was absolutely brutal. Um, And why am I even mentioning that is because all of this was prophesied that that it would happen. Right. So it's important that when we read this text, we read it through its original audience. Right. So when Jesus is saying go to Israel first, it's because the Jewish people of that generation really had a short period of time to hear the gospel because everybody that heard the gospel um, basically heeded the words to flee when when those things happened. And the Christians during that time, which actually it was considered kind of another sect of Judaism at that time, all of the Christians who heeded the words of the prophecies were able to flee. They fleed to the mountains. And what happened was they were spared. Those that clung to the temple and to the old covenant died in 70 AD. This is all historically uh, proven. Okay, this is uh, every scholar on the planet knows that this happened. Um, And maybe we'll get into some of the uh, historicity of that. um, And as we get into further chapters, because we have to understand that, you know, it's great to look at scripture and say, okay, how do I apply this to my life? And we can do that. There's great revelation in scripture for our own lives. But understanding what they were going through and because think about it, we could absolutely mistake that. And a lot of Christians do. They say, oh, Israel first and everybody else second. Well, that's not valid anymore. I don't care what anybody says to you. There is neither Jew nor Greek, man nor woman, bond servant nor master. Everybody is equal in Christ. But the reason why because the imminency was to reach as much of Israel as possible. I hope that makes sense. So now let's get into our text for today. And I love how it ends with freely you have received, freely give. Right? We get so much from God that we freely give. Because we know that when we tap into the kingdom of God, there really is no lack. We will never Lack will always, I said this to my wife the other day is like, you know, we know we've fallen on hard times before, but God has never not come through. We're still standing, right? That song, I'm still standing. I won't sing it for you, but you you could probably say the same. You have probably fallen on some pretty tough moments in your life, but you're still here and you're still standing. Amen. So Jesus sends them out now. He says, freely as you've received, freely give. Don't hold back anywhere that you go. And let's see how he instructs them to go ahead and hit the streets, so to speak. It says, do not get any gold, silver, or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey. No extra shirt or sandals or a staff. The worker is worth his keep. Or sometimes that's uh, translated, the worker is worth his wages. So why is Jesus saying this? One, he wants the Christian, to be fully reliant on the provision of God. It doesn't mean abandon all wisdom. doesn't mean, hey, don't, don't, you know, 
don't throw out uh don't clear out your bank accounts today it's not the point but when you set when god sets you out to do something he provides you right and i i always love the saying although it seems like a cliche it's not he doesn't call the equipped he always equips the called if you're called to a region if you're called to an area if you're called to, god's going to provide for you so he's telling them don't bring anything that is, that is going to cause you to rely more on what's in your wallet than what I have for you. And the reason why is because he wanted them to go door to door and find a place in that region that they could establish themselves. And this is really important when you see how the early church developed as well. Let's continue reading. It says, whatever town or village, this is verse 11, whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, okay, as you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off of your feet. Okay. So let's break this down. So Jesus wants them to go door to door and to find a home that is worthy. And it says in verse 13, if that home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. Let's just deal with the worthiness and the deservedness, so to speak. Okay. The worthiness. Does that mean that some people are not worthy of the gospel? No, it does not. The gospel is for everyone, for everyone. However, what dictates whether or not the person is quote unquote worthy is whether or not they are willing to receive it. And you, we have to understand that when we get rejected for sharing our faith, it's not a rejection of us. It's a rejection of the gospel. Now we can get better at our delivery. We can get better at our tact. We talked about this last night. I had, was working with uh, two great guys uh, in our uh, foundations discipleship program. And we were talking about how sometimes when early on as Christians and, and even well beyond that, we can get so zealous that we can actually push people away. So I'm not talking about tact itself. I'm talking about the legitimate sharing of the gospel, the loving on other people. There are going to be times where that is completely rejected. And what I've learned is that's not a rejection of me. It's a rejection of God. And hopefully temporarily. And hopefully what I've done in that period of time is I've sown a seed. So what happened when they were got rejected in the house? Okay. It says, well, let's, let's talk about when they were received. It said, let your peace rest on it. And if it's not received in the house, let it return to you. You should not allow other people to steal your peace and steal your joy. If you go to anybody, and even if you extend a loving hand, whether you, you know, talk Jesus or not, you can, you know, you can talk Jesus without, uh, with your words and your actions and your deeds. Why? How? Through the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, right? All those things are the fruits of the spirit. When you do the, when you act in those ways, you're, you're speaking Jesus language in there. 
And sometimes that's just going to be straight rejected. And when that happens, don't allow your peace to remain in that place. As a matter of fact, it says here, right, that when you leave, oh, where am I? If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off of your feet. So don't leave your peace with them. And certainly don't take their negativity with you. Wipe the dust off your feet and move on. I want to tell you a, a cool story. Now, many of you who have been you know, following Sound of Heaven for a while know that 10 years ago, um, 10 and nine years ago, we walked a 70 pound cross from Manhattan to Montauk. And for those of you that are in New York, you realize that is New York City to all the way at the end of Long Island. Right. So we walked, you know, it was a hundred and I don't know, it was like 30, 40 miles a day times, uh, you know, times five days, five, six days. Right. So 150, 160, 170 miles or so. And um, it was amazing. I mean, we had so many people that we encountered and uh, led them to Christ. And, and, and uh, there are people to this day that are, that are just thriving in what God's doing in their life because they encountered us on the road and we were able to minister the gospel. Well, year two, we were on our way back and we actually walked from the Montauk Lighthouse to Central Park. And, uh, in Central Park was, we were getting toward there. We talked about it and I had gotten chosen, right? We talked, we talked and, uh, you know, Johnny and we would say, he's like, Jay, you take it. So when we got to Central Park, we already had people set up there and we had dancers and we had musicians and we had all this stuff because what we were going to do, and I even had a megaphone uh, and what we we're going to do is we were going to get there and we knew there was going to be a big crowd of people and we uh, then I was going to preach the gospel and we had so much amazing, so many amazing things happen on the way there that I was like, oh, there is no doubt this is going to be like a revival on the scale of like Azusa Street. And I, I, I just, I, I just I knew it. I knew it in my mind that it was going to be that, right? So we get there. And sure enough, as we're coming around and we've got, you know, praise dancers and, and it, there are hundreds, if not thousands of people, there's definitely hundreds of people there. And I stand in front of this crowd and I, I wish I was trying before I got here uh, to, to find the picture. There's a picture of me standing there and just a bunch of people on the lawn and I start, you know, preaching the gospel. And I'm expecting after the week that we had uh, literally hundreds of people, thousands of people coming to Christ. I mean, in every town, you know, groups of people, groups of kids. Uh, I want to talk more about that because it was an amazing experience. So I'm in Central Park and all of a sudden I just started getting booed. Boo, get out of here. Rah. I mean, these people, if they had tomatoes, they would have thrown it at me. If they had rocks, they would have thrown it at me. And inside I'm like, I cannot believe that this is how this week is going to end. I cannot believe it. And I, I look at John and John just, uh, he gives me like a nod, like wrap it up. And I'm like, you know what? I'll wrap it up. But I, I, I have something to say. And I look at the crowd and I say, does, do any of you, do any of you believe that there is a loving God? Do any of you believe 
that God is real. And if you want to believe that, you just, I just, it was crazy to me, the amount of vitriol that I received. I said, do any of you believe that there is a God? And one man in the entire crowd raised his hand. And I, I got to talk to him a little bit afterwards and it was, he got touched by everything. And I'm just, I remember being on the train on the way home. And for a moment, I was so dejected. It was almost like, man, it was, how could this weekend like this? Almost as if it was a failure. And God spoke to my heart. I got so convicted. He's like, what did you think that you would just go through the, the week and then it would be done? He says, there's a lot more work to do out there. And maybe that's true. Maybe I, maybe I would have, if there would have been that, that moment, I, you know, maybe I would have, I don't know, maybe I would have hung it up and said, wow, mission accomplished. Mission's never accomplished. The, every day, there is a generation of people that are born that need to know Jesus Christ. Every single day. And as I rode on the train and as God continued to, to heal my heart, it helped me to understand this when it comes to evangelism. That. it's not about their acceptance, right? It's about you sharing the love of God and what they do with it. And I believe that many cases you get that rejection to your face, but what you did was you sowed a seed for the kingdom of God. And we hear that word, sow a seed. And sometimes we associate it with a lot of other things. But one of my favorite scriptures is when the apostle Paul says, I sowed, Apollos, who was another apostolic uh, leader of that time, he goes, I sowed, Apollos watered, God made it grow. Sometimes your kind word, your small exhibition of Jesus, your sharing of the gospel is not received right away, but what it is, it's like putting a seed in the ground. And I can't tell you how many times I've met somebody on the street and they were ready, ready to give their life over to God. But we know why they were ready. Because they had just started learning or somebody at work was sharing with them. And uh, that was with me. I had a a woman, I've spoken about her here before, Anne-Marie at work. She was pouring the gospel into me and I honestly was laughing at her. But when I accepted Jesus, all the seeds that she was sowing into me flourished. You just sow, you just water with the goodness that is inside of you and God will make it grow. In its due season, you just go out and be the light, be the living water to other people. And when you're rejected, don't let it steal your peace. Don't let it go with you. Just move on. Move on. You think of how Jesus dealt with the rich young ruler, right? Rich young ruler seemed really, really willing until Jesus said, all right, sell your stuff. Follow me. And then the rich young ruler said, no, I'm not willing to do that. Jesus said, okay. Jesus didn't try to talk him into it. Jesus walked the other direction. Now, does that mean that the rich young ruler never followed Jesus? No, we have no idea. But Jesus kept it moving. So as you go out into the world today, as you go out into this 99% of your day, I pray that you have the boldness to share, regardless of what the response is going to be, to share the love of God, either talking about the gospel or just being the gospel. 
And if you're rejected, wipe the dust off your feet. Because you're not doing it for other people. You're doing it for God. And when you do things for God, he takes over. Remember, at the end of what you can do is the infinite possibility of everything that God can do. Amen. So I just pray boldness over you today. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray over every single person who's within the sound of my voice, either on the live stream or listening on the uh, podcast platforms. Lord God, let them go out into this day and just to be a blessing to others, just to be your light and be your love without expecting anything in return. But we know that we can't go out and share your love with enough people without changing this world because it's you who changes it through us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Well, I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church. Share this with other people. Download the Sound of Heaven app because all this is on there as well. And just know I love you guys. I love spending time with you. We're going to continue Matthew chapter 10 tomorrow. Have an awesome day.